This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy to let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Property Solopreneur. We're talking finance today. Not the nitty gritty of finance, just the concept. Because I think it's absolutely essential to understand if you're coming into the property world, finance is going to be very much part of the conversations you have. And if you've got a hang up about maths or finance, you've got to get over it, get out of your own way, because it is part and parcel. But don't worry, if you find it a bit frightening or difficult, It's not. And I'll talk you through it why. I'm going to talk about it because one of the things that have come up in some of my accountability groups is this almost fear of finance. It's a dark art. I don't know enough about it. Usually followed by a bit of a giggle from someone who goes, well, I was really bad at maths. Never quite got to grips with it. Quite often then followed up by, I don't really understand mortgages. I just get my mortgage broker to tell me which one I should have. Hang on. This this is something you could be spending upwards of 50 grand on perhaps. Would you do that for anything else? Or my absolute pet hate about finance. I don't really understand why, but my accountant has told me in order to make money in property, I've got to do this or do that or completely stop doing something I'm reasonably successful at, but if only been doing it for a while and haven't made pots of money yet. Because finance to me, it's not just about mortgages, interest payments and how much we're going to pay ourselves this year, although I do quite like that last one. It's about the fact that almost anything you do in property is going to have a figure. We run a business, so it's either going to be money in or money out. And we've got to be completely comfortable with that and know our numbers, what we're doing. And if you are an ostrich and, you know, I know I fully understand sometimes it's very easy to become an ostrich when things get tough. Just get used to going online every single morning, opening the bank account and having a look. It's much easier to confront what you think is a problem or not than just think about it. And you might find if you do that, you soon stop to fear the unknown. Now, I know some of you will be looking for a chair to sit down or you know, brain fog has already come over you. Don't worry, because I think finance doesn't need to be difficult, the concept in property. You don't require an exam pass to do it. And we can all do this stuff. In fact, we all have to do this stuff. And we need a can-do attitude. We're property solopreneurs. And I think you've got the choice to do this well. And if you do, you're just going to be a success, aren't you? Because property is not just about finding the property, about finding the investor. It's about the financing behind it, which is really, really crucial, both in the short term and in the long term. But if you are slightly woolly about this whole thing and find talking to financial people slightly intimidating or you find you always lose the the plot slightly, run a few questions past yourself mentally in the brain. The first is, whose company are we actually talking about? Who, you know, whose company is it? Whose dreams are we talking about? Whose goals are we talking about? And who's paying the bills? If you've got all of those, you'll realise you're in the driving seat. If you're in the driving seat, you're the one who's going to have to ask the questions. And, you know, 
There is no such thing as a silly question because financial people are quite used to dealing with people who know absolutely nothing. But if you don't tell them you know nothing, they'll assume you know something. And that's when it all goes wrong. So be upfront. Keep those questions going through your mind. If you do not fully understand it, ask. Because oddly, you would ask in any other part of your property business, you know, why does that boiler work that way? Why does that plumbing work that way? Well, do the same with anything to do with finance. Because what is the point in busting a gut, frankly, to create a long-term business strategy and then write the business plan and then put it into action? If the first time you go into a meeting with your accountant or at the end of the year, you just roll over like a small dog waiting for its tummy to be tickled and let somebody else tell you how you should or shouldn't be running your business. It's your business. You make the decisions. Choose the people who are actually going to do the best for you. And don't let them tell you that if it hasn't worked in 12 months, that you should be doing something different. Accountants work in 12-month chunks. You are a property solopreneur. You may well never work in less than, well, 18-month chunks from the moment you start to think about something to do it coming to fruition. That's not going to fit into their box in the same way. And although, of course, everything they're saying to you is absolutely right, because they are dealing with figures that they can see, and they are very good at being able to understand figures. That's the point of them. It may not take into consideration your full business plan and the fact perhaps it's your first year of doing anything. And sadly, despite what some people will tell you about property being a a quick burst to being a multimillionaire, one year of 12 months is not going to get you from naught to 52 million, is it? So it's up to you. Finance, part of your big strategy. And for those particularly who are doing buy, refurb, refinance, Information is out there. You can go and find out about this stuff. You can go and do separate courses. You can go and talk to as many different financial advisors as you like until you start to understand what questions you should be asking. Because, you know, all of us, unless there are some property entrepreneurs who love the financial stuff, that's fantastic. I'm not one of them. I don't want to know all the ins and outs of it. I just need to know the questions I need to ask so that I can get the right information and then to make a decision on it. Because I have learned over the last 20 years that sadly, there will be some years when it's all a bit lean. doesn't mean matter what you seem to do. You could be doing exactly the same as you did last year, but things don't quite go according to plan and we don't make as much profit. I mean, if you had been with us during the credit crunch, I should think most of us who submitted our accounts were almost thinking, well, mine did. My accountant did say, you know, perhaps a job. It's been a really bad year. You know, looking for, because of course they're not property people. Looking forward, Rachel, it's not looking good on the property front and the whole business front. Well, of course I took, you know, my view on the whole thing. And a couple of years later, even he was saying, well, thank goodness you kept going. I mean, it's been an absolutely gold mine, hasn't it? I mean, everything's come good. No, it didn't come good. It's just that we were still in the game. We still understood what we were doing and we took the long view on it. And of course, there are also years when actually your accounts look truly appalling, but what you're doing is totally different within your business. So I'm thinking a friend of mine who has always done cookie cutter, you know, the old one bedroom to two bedroom flipping out, nice, steady chunks of money popping into the account all the time. Great. But after a while, tiny bit boring for her. So she keeps doing that. That is her bread and butter, so to speak. But now she's into holiday lets. And it's great here on the Suffolk Coast for all that. But it's holiday lets. She doesn't know an awful lot about them. Um, 
the figures are different. So actually, in the course of a year, she's paid out an awful lot more than she's had in because all the startup costs, all the renovation costs, and it's top end. So it wasn't cheap. On paper, whole year, total disaster. Long term, once this money starts to come in, it's going to be better than she's ever had it. So it must be a case of just listening to what the accountant says for that one year and then putting it into context. My accountant is very important to me. We meet for a whole year, whole day, once a year, um, and he goes through everything. We have a little question and answer session for things we want to know, and we look at our accounts for the year just gone by. And when we've done that, we look at the year that went before that for a very simple reason. Now, we could be looking at a set of accounts for last year that are a total disaster as far as we're concerned. But actually, if you look at the year before, they might have been a huge improvement because what happened the year before that? I don't know. On the other hand, if the year before that was absolutely fantastic and this year we've been doing the same stuff and it's not worked, that's when we can go, right, what happened? Why? What are we doing? All those questions that we need to actually ask. And he can often tell me what's going wrong. You know, just the simple fact that actually, if you look at that particular transaction and, and property that you did up, you spent three times as much. It was what was needed but it's had an effect on the bottom line because you haven't got as much profit at the end of the year. His job really is to point out obviously bad ideas so that we can make a decision on them and to flag up to us changes in financial legislation that he thinks is going to affect us. So, you know, it's not, again, he can't stop us from doing anything, but he can just tell us what's coming up. When Section 24 first sort of hoved into view, he explained very carefully how it was going to affect us. And then we sat and worked out what we were going to do. What he didn't say was, look, this is going to have a terrible effect on, on your mortgages and everything else. If I were you, I'd close up shop now. It, he just gave us the answers that we wanted to hear from many different scenarios. And then we worked with them. And of course, he's got to overarch on all matters tax and legacy planning, which is really, really important. And so he often asks questions about why we did something. And I think that's really, really good because we should have already asked ourselves those questions. And if we didn't, then we've got to flag that question up and ask ourselves the next time we do anything, what it is, what all the things are going to have effect on us long term. And occasionally he does come up with a question we haven't thought of. And I think that's really good because it's broadening our thought process. And financially, the bigger your thought process, the easier it is going to be to get the right answer. I think my accountant, frankly, is a financial wizard. You know, he can do stuff I cannot get my head around, but he's not a strategist. And finances are only a tiny part of the planning and running a, a property business. As the CEO, it's up to me to ask the question of my advisors. Listen, which is, is hard sometimes, and formulate a plan. And then I've got to put it into action. Honestly, for those of you who think it's all very well for you, Rachel, I will put my hand up here and say I was absolutely hopeless at maths. I still think I'm not the world's greatest. I know what I can do and what I need to do, but that's about it. You know, figures, percentages, interest payments, hidden costs on mortgages, all that kind of thing, I can glaze over, frankly. But I know I need to do it. And I think a lot of it is down to mindset. And I spoke about it in a few episodes ago. And one of the things I reasons I think it's about mindset is if you are telling me now in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s that you are bad at maths, why are you allowing your old maths teacher to put you still in the bucket marked hopeless at maths? You know, that's the problem. You haven't put yourself there. That is a learnt behaviour. That's a learnt sort of umbrella that you're 
quite happy to sit underneath. Oh, I'm hopeless at maths. Well, you're a business person. You can't own up to that. You've got to grasp it. Now, I'm happy to admit I did attend a school where maths was viewed as not really a subject for young ladies. You know, our husbands and our family accountants, lawyers, they were the people who were going to deal with all that unpleasantness. Um, and actually, those who did maths at O-level were those going on to universities, which wasn't very many of us. We we majored on the useful subjects like history, English, history of art. And in fact, sciences weren't taught at my school at all at A-level. Uh, we might learn something unpleasant, I think. We did actually even have someone who did become a doctor. But in order to go and do her science A-level, she had to go to another school for two days a week to do it. Ludicrous looking back on it, but that's how things were. Now, that is a bit of a digression, but it proves my point. It doesn't matter what happened to you maths-wise between the years of, what, five and 18. You know, your school wasn't educating an entrepreneur. They were educating you to get you through the exam system, you know, getting points on the, on the board, so make sure that the school passed muster with the authorities. And maths, for us property entrepreneurs, is very straightforward and simple. Nothing tricky, honestly. You are never, ever, and I think I can put my hand on my heart now and say you're going to be asked to solve a quadratic equation. 20 years of doing property, never been asked that one. Or find the missing angle on an obtuse scaline triangle. Again, no, never been asked that either. Now, I actually can own up to say I've no idea what I've just said. I have no idea what either of those two things are. But I love the sound of the words. And they were something that my children did an awful lot of when they were doing their maths and one of them was, was doing maths A-level. And I'd hear these little phrases come out. And all I can say is that I thought, I'm so glad I'm not at school now because they're clearly doing stuff that would have frightened the life out of me. But the maths I do do is very straightforward. And that's why I think we've got to separate maths as maths was taught in school and maths that we do as part of a business and part of being a property entrepreneur. The maths we do is really straightforward. In fact, most of it is done on the spreadsheet. No abacuses are needed. Honestly, you are allowed to use a calculator. There are you know, no penalties for doing that. And you don't have to be brilliant at mental arithmetic. If you do, if I had to have done any of that stuff, I really wouldn't have got off the ground. I wouldn't have even been able to make, buy my first property. Now, I really admire those who can do mental arithmetic. It's not a skill I can do. I've met people who could calculate VAT on anything at 17.5% before I've even managed to get the sum down on paper. It's not my skill set. But I really don't beat myself up about it. Um, I concentrate on the stuff that I'm good at and I leave the number crunching to my mortgage brokers and my bankers. That's their thing. They can do it. My bit of the whole financial stuff is to know what my risk is and my attitude to the products so that I can make the correct decisions. My job is to listen and to decide what questions to ask and then to make the decision. And the great thing about that is there is no right or wrong answer because only it only applies to me. They've got another client. They've moved on to another you know, person to talk to. They're not going to come back and go, oh, Rachel, in April, you made a decision about a mortgage product. Did you get that right? No, they're not. They're, you know, they are going to sort out any muddles I've made, but they're not going to take me to task on it. It's not an exam. So we must park that whole fear. It's all about doing what we feel we need to do. And the best thing we can actually do financially for our businesses is to find the right financial professionals. They're up, they are out there and you've got to like working with them. So you've got to ask all the questions like, you know, um, 
is the mortgage broker you're going to work with someone who's used to working with investors who want more than two properties? Because if you go onto a high street mortgage broker, yes, they'll do buy to let, but they may not actually have ever dealt with someone who's got more than two. And they might think that's a bit weird. We don't think big is weird. We think small is weird. So, you know, do they understand we don't all have very tidy portfolios in one company? We could own property a million different ways, or we don't get salaries. Oh, I could go on and on and on, couldn't I, with all the funnies that you've got to ask. But our job is to seek those really great professionals out and then have them in our team. So that means having them on board long before you actually need to have them, before it's all systems go. Because if you've just written a business plan that says that you this year you're going to be doing 10 properties, you do not want to be starting off with a beginner property broker, uh, mortgage broker. You want someone who knows you haven't done anything yet, but my God, by the end of the year, you're really going for it. They've got to be able to grow with you and keep you in the right place. You don't want to be changing horses halfway through the race. And of course, the other thing is you've got to have them when you need them, because Sometimes to get the deal, you've only got an eye-watering short deadline. That little moment of waiting, that little window when you've got to get everything done. And it's no good at that point going, oh my word, I've got to find it. You know, ringing up all your friends. Who do I use? No, you get this all sorted out. And if you, if you haven't found someone now, go and ask the questions at networking and on forums and find people who other people recommend. And if you do that, honestly, I think we can park the whole problem of finances. I don't do that. I don't understand maths. I'm bad at maths. You'll just be able to go, finance, yep, got this. It's no different from understanding how to find a deal or how to find a deal with an investor. It's just part and parcel of doing property business. And if you can do that, there is no reason at all why you won't be a very successful property solopreneur as long as you've got the finance bit nailed. Now, if you like my property podcasts and what I'm doing, please do take the time to drop a review and rate it wherever you find your podcasts, as it really does help more people find it. And then I can encourage yet more people to become successful property solopreneurs. And if you want to find out more about strategy and how to join my accountability groups, well, just send me a DM at my Instagram or send me an email at Rachel, spelt A-E-L, because I'm awkward at racheltroughton.com. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.